Hi, this is Jeff D. Hi, my name is Gary Savard. Check it out, Bubba Brinkman. I am the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson. Hi, this is Jody Emery. Hi, I'm R.N. Rod. Hi. I'm James Rand. Hi, this is Phil Ferguson. Hi, I'm Michael Shermer. Hi, I'm Eli Bosnick. Hi, this is David Silverman from American Atheists, and I took a left at the Valley. And that was the best turn I ever made. Uh... <laughs> I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Coming at you from some petri dish, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin. I'd like you to remember to support bacteria. They're the only culture some people have. <laughs> Joining me as usual is the team who realize that if at first you don't succeed, forget about skydiving. <laughs> she had some eyeglasses, but halfway through the last show, the prescription ran out. Nancy. Oh, I'm so short-sighted. By the way, before I forget, I really like that new montage at the beginning of the show of oh, everybody. Love that. Yes. Yeah. Hear everybody all at once turning left. <laughs> <laughs> and she wondered that if lawyers are disbarred, does it mean electricians are delighted? And that dry cleaners are depressed? Teresa. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> Guys, welcome back. Oh, it's so good to be back. Yes, yes. We're going to have a great show today. we got lots of things to go through. But before we do all this, there's one thing i got to let you guys know. Do you know what today is? You're going to tell us in a minute. I will. Today is three years of Left of the Valley. I was thinking, isn't that funny? I was thinking of that, not the, the day, but I was thinking this morning of when we did our promo mm-hmm. to get it all, and that I thought was in January, but we actually, you actually started You the started show. in January. I started in January, right. and you started the March before. Yes, the first show was That's actually, right. well, actually not today, yesterday, it would be the 24th. And today being the 25th, it's three years of Left of the Valley. Wow, how many shows? Wow. Are, what, uh, right now we're up to like one, yeah, I believe this is show 110. Happy birthday exactly. to us. Happy oh, birthday to man. us. <laughs> it's been wonderful. It really has. It's, it's just been, it's been a lot of fun. And we've met a lot of people. We've and met a lot of great people. We, we have, have a lot of great interviews. Some yeah. people have come, some people have gone. And yeah. the show just, you know, show must go on. I know. What do you what do you think is going to happen? What's your what's your goal for the coming year? Oh, we're taking over the world, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make one of those balloon globes for you to kick around. Now, I'm hoping this year that we'll, if everything goes according to plan, and heaven forbid uh, it shouldn't, uh, we'll be taking Left of the Valley on television. Wow! And you know, we'll give it a shot. Why not? Why not? Life is about changing, and if you're Concerned about doing these kind of changes? Well, you should just stay at home and not do these things. Then. Yeah, you, you don't want to change. You get old and dumpy real fast. Yeah, the way of the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, let's do a bit of chit chat. We got a lot of news to go through. Did you guys hear that Stephen Hawkins is going to space? You know, I read I read the um, uh, the uh, headline and didn't read the news. Per usual, I depend on you to keep yeah. me up. With all Keep the your praise. 75-year-old scientist has been offered a ride by Sir Richard Branson on his Virgin Intergalactic Spaceship 2. Mm. It's designed like a plane and will carry eight people, including two pilots, to space. So he's been offered a ride. So what a great thing. 
you know, even though he's paralyzed because of ALS, yeah. you know, it's still he totally jumped at the occasion and says, Yes, I'm in. So that should be fun. We'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, Teresa, you want to be one of the eight? You want to apply? <laughs> Would you go? Uh, you know. No, I think I'll pass this time. Yeah? What, yeah. what would bother you about going? I'd be gone too long. <laughs> well, he's not going for months. They're just going to do a... They're not going to Saturn or anything like that. They're just going yeah. up and coming back down. Yeah, so. well, you know, you get to... I'm, I'm kind of like you. I don't think I'd go, but... Oh, I, you know, to, I totally to, Oh, I know you would go. But to talk to Stephen Hawking's along the well, way... Yeah, I would yeah, go just wow. to talk to Stephen Hawking's. <laughs> But then when people would say you're spacey, you could smile and say, I sure am. <laughs> <laughs> and this is from the Toronto Star. Subway, you know the subs? They might be suing the CBC for $210 million. Mm. There was a report from Marketplace, uh, a story from the CBC, that says that Subway chicken is filled with soy. Soy fillers. Mm-hmm. The CBC apparently had DNA testing done on the chicken, and they're, they're talking about usually the... Uh, not, not not the chicken strips, but the uh-huh. chicken the patties they have, right? And they found unusually high soy results, which means the sandwich could be only 50% chicken. The tests were actually repeated due to these unusual results, and CBC is standing by the results. Now, Subway wants a retraction and an apology. That should be interesting to see where that's going. Wow. They have, they have chicken um, ham, and they have chicken. They've got a lot of Subway has a lot of different. Yeah, but they have those those chicken. Uh, I've never had the chicken no? patties. Have you ever tasted? Oh no, them? yeah, absolutely. I mean, did they taste? How did they taste? Like chicken. Everything, did you taste it? Everything tastes like chicken. You know, you can have the, the, those chicken teriyaki strips and stuff like that. Yeah, I've never yeah. tasted them. So no. they, they have different kinds of chicken, but apparently that the, the classic chicken patty apparently okay. would be... Well, if someone's allergic to soya... Oh, yeah. Exactly. Because yeah, right. my son and, is. And, so, and soy is, you know, mm. is used as a filler, and it would totally fit within the corporate model to try to reduce the cost of chicken to fill it with soy. Yeah. And yeah. Totally, I, 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 I sort of believe it, right? I could see there's... Where you want to take a look at that? Yeah, I hate mm-hmm. to see that because I've always thought that that Subway was one of these um, companies that really did their best to have really fresh and healthy yeah. ingredients, and then you know when they, your trust is shattered. But we'll but see. We'll it, see what happens. Exactly. With the, with we'll see the, what about it happens. Yeah. Subway, keep fresh. Um, speaking of uh, chickens, Trump. <laughs> Has, uh, <laughs> has done some cuts to EPA, and now there are reports that it could endanger the Great Lakes. Of course, we do share the Great Lakes with the United States. It's also the source of water to 45 million people. 10 of those million, 10 million of those are in Ontario. Before Trump, the U.S. spent $300 million a year in projects to remove toxic waste and restoring habitat. Canada would spend about $13 million a year. And now this uh, this uh, this move by Trump cutting the EPA funding threatens the seven billion dollar fisheries and the advancement of the Asian carp. The Asian carp is one of those uh, species that was introduced, and it's an invasive species and it, it very prolific. And they actually have physical barriers and electric barriers to stop the carps from getting into the Great Lakes because the carps have a tendency to. Uh, they have a, um, a kind of a. Um, a breathing system that, and they filter everything that goes mm-hmm. through the gill. So they eat everything essentially, oh. right? And they're, uh, they're they're pushing all the other species, many species out, and they're very prolific and they reproduce very quickly. And it's become a really big problem. And they're just on the verge of getting into the Great Lakes. And if they get into the Great Lakes, it would just devastate them. And people are very concerned about that. Well, the administration doesn't even. I don't think they know what science is. No, no, they don't. They, they really care. don't. And. So, and so I, I don't even think they realize that 
what that polluted water can actually travel from one place to another carrying mm-hmm. pollutants to another country and if that happens i mean he he's um making enemies of everybody so at this point it looks like we're going to move up to number one on the list mm. if that if that happens it's it, just it, it's so irresponsible and, it, it and is, it stupid is. And it's pretty amazing because I've seen I've seen the documentaries about this where they actually have to, uh, on some estuaries, they have to actually put electric current in the water mm-hmm. to stop the carp from moving forward. Of course, they feel the electric current, they head back. But they have actually have to do that because if they start contaminating, they've already contaminated many of the rivers like the Mississippi and all of these deltas and all that. And if they get into the Great Lakes... So saying That's it's it. going to be devastating for the local wildlife. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't like, they don't have any natural predators. No, no, yeah. that's it, right? They, they they don't really, and they just reproduce extremely quickly, and they're voracious eaters, and and it's a fish, right? It's, it's, anyway, hmm. we'll have to keep. Well, on that. we will come on impeachment before the the big carp uh, <laughs> that's um, right. escape. And speaking of uh, of uh, our U.S. friends, uh, did you see that Obamacare has survived? Mm. Yes, the Americans were trying to replace Obamacare with what the, some people have called Trump Care or Ryan Care, and that failed to pass. Yeah, well, Boehner, when when Boehner left and uh, Paul Ryan took over, um, one of the things that Boehner said, and I, I I don't know whether it was at a meeting or press release, whatever it is, he said this thing isn't going to pass. He knew that the Freedom Caucus was going to cause such a problem that there was no way that the um, Republicans could come together. Besides, that bill had a 17% approval rating, plus the fact that this grassroots grassroots movement, the um, Indivisibles and others, um, storming the uh, meetings of the, uh, the uh, what do you call them, the... Um, 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 the politicians meeting the in the office. No, no, the meetings, the, the separate meetings, the word just went out of my head. The meetings that they have to meet with their constituents. Mm. The, the town hall meetings. Yeah, the town hall meetings. People were turning out oh, by yes. the zillions. Wow. And so the interesting thing was is that Paul Ryan pulled the vote before the, uh, re, uh, the representatives could actually vote, which would have put them in a position of having to explain to their constituents, I voted for this horrible bill. Mm -hmm. So the reason they pulled it was so that no one's name would get on the list either way. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, once you've given some kind of health care to the residents of the United States, which have been pretty much, it's the only country without universal health care, although Obamacare is far from perfect and it's really even awful compared to our system, would you really expect the Americans to just give it up all of a sudden? You know, Of course, the public didn't want to give it up. And even Trump, would his promise of doing something better, he didn't. And of course, our old decrepit mummy friend, uh, Pat Robertson, <laughs> he said, mark my words, Trump care will pass. <laughs> <laughs> Failed again, Pat. Sorry. Yeah, well, he's our gauge. If he says something's going to happen, That's right. just take a deep breath Whenever and realize we're safe. Says, <laughs> we're safe. Just go the other yeah. way. But I don't think that bill would. I mean, the, for eight years, the Republicans were saying we're going to repeal and replace. They did nothing. That's then right. that for 18 weeks, what is it? They threw this thing together that was just to 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 uh, bring everything, all the benefits to the 
millionaires. Yes. And what did they expect? You know, it, it, we everyone we people saw right through. Yeah. I, was, I think they were about to cut uh, health care to 24 million people by doing so. Yeah. And it was, oh, it's like, yeah, totally. The, the the public would not let it pass. And thank goodness it didn't. And, you know, maybe they can move the other direction now. Let's, now let's hope so. I mean, the fear now is that um, Trump will exact revenge. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. By allowing... Um, Trump uh, allowing Obamacare to blow up on its own or not not be so we will what stay tuned we'll see. we can talk politics all day okay. so <laughs> better move on yes now um, this is interesting because let's move internationally here um, you heard this about this great country this bastion of freedom country called Pakistan <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Pakistan has asked Facebook and Twitter to give them the list and uh, a list of people that have used, uh, would be guilty in their laws of blasphemy, mm-hmm. right? Some people that have put, posted some stuff on Facebook in Pakistan that goes against Allah or whatever, right? Because Pakistan has a blasphemy law and usually ends up with you being executed. So <laughs> mm. so, so then Facebook has kind of given a say, well, we'll take a look at it. Twitter hasn't answered. But the big kerfuffle was about the BBC, the BBC Asia that sent out a tweet saying, asking their uh, their uh, their listeners and viewers, what is the right punishment for blasphemy? And that created, pardon my French here, a shitstorm. Because it kind of lets you suppose that there should be a punishment for blasphemy. So there, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, pushback against the BBC Asia, and they had to actually retract the tweet and apologize for it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the question you'd ask in 1488. You know, what is the punishment that is that everybody right? gets together? But mm-hmm. after the 1500s, you know, it's kind of that's right. what is the too right much punishment? reason, to, you know, to get that question answered the way they want to. What is the right punishment for blasphemy? That's a good yeah. question. It should be like a $10,000 reward, if you ask me, <laughs> and we'd be totally rich. That's right. Here. I mean, the question world. really is, should there be? Not, not what not should, even, but yeah. should there be? But that's a good intellectual well, no, it's a practical debate. Yeah, right. exactly. So it's been an interesting debate. Uh, and speaking of uh, things abroad, we can't end this little news segment without talking about the London attack that just happened oh, this past Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, of course, five dead, and the suspect is named Khalid Masood. I hope I have this uh, right. Uh, he was shot dead. Apparently, he drove a hired car into a dozen uh, of pedestrians on Westminster Bridge, uh. and then he, he came out and he stabbed a guard to death. And then he was shot. Uh, the police, as right now, as we speak, have arrested 11 suspects. Seven of them were released. A few of them are held onto on bail. And you know what? I hate, to, I hate to be that guy, but I'm sure a lot of people, as soon as they saw that, as soon as they saw the footage, even before the name of the guy was released, what did you think? Islamic terrorism. Right there. And we are so programmed. Well, we? is it we're programmed, or is it just like we could see this coming? You know, it's... It might be a little of both. It's, it's, little it's interesting because I've been reading the book by Steven Pinker and uh, The Better Angels of Our Nature, and I'm almost through it. And he says that the thing with terrorism is it doesn't work. It actually doesn't work. It, it has, you invest very little and you get a great return. If you invest, you know, like time and to, to plan a, an attack and you get a lot of a big return in, in terror. But it, over the long run, terrorist groups throughout history have never really won. It's never really happened. And so he says that in his book, even ISIS right now and stuff like that, they will eventually fade away because there's too many casualties. 
that even the people that they're trying to rally to their cause eventually turn on them. And that's usually what happens to terrorist group. And I certainly hope this is what happens to these guys. As soon as possible, As please. soon as possible. And I think it's one of these things that eventually people are going to start realizing, you know what, this whole religion thing is getting out of hand and ridiculous. And I think it's slowly but surely happening. And even shows like this might even be helping a bit. Uh, but, you know, it's it's nonsense. It's it's done now. I mean, why are we still putting up with this crap is beyond me. Well, we're not we're not quite there. I agree. I think everything that, that we read and hear, and when you look at the results of questionnaires, it looks as though people are getting less and less religious. It's coming. Oh, yeah. But maybe in your, not in my lifetime, but I, I, I'm convinced in yours. Nancy's yeah. <laughs> been around since the Middle Ages, and she'll be long... She doesn't I die. Know, She's, I, I, I have a theory. You're that wandering Jew yeah, from, I, from, <laughs> from history that you know is not supposed to die till. Yeah, right Armageddon now I'm happens. the very comfortable sitting Jew, which is much, <laughs> much better. But I want to tell you, if you open any history book and you go to any picture, even if it was drawn by an illustrator, You'll see Nancy. you look in that picture. <laughs> Somewhere in that picture, will be little. me waving. <laughs> <laughs> true story. Nancy was on the grass, you know, at JFK. You know. What do you mean? I, I was the one that planted that grass. <laughs> Probably, yeah. And she was on the next balcony in there, next to Lincoln, you know, when he was shot and she was watching the play. It's like, yeah, you see Nancy throughout history. That's what I was the one that said, so Mrs. Lincoln, other than that, how was the show? <laughs> Are we, are we doing this day in history? Oh, heck, why not? Okay, we might as well. Since we're on the history topic. <laughs> Good segment. Oh, can't get off of it yet. Okay, actually, we're going to do um, a little highlights in history. Not going to do a whole, highlights in whole lot because there's more highlights this week than there are interesting highlights, and there are one exceptional story. So, March the 20th was the vernal equinox and the first day of spring. Woohoo! Woohoo! And up here in British Columbia, we had a beautiful spring and then the next day rained like crazy. And then we had two nice days. Then we had two yes. nice days. Oh, so, spring like is, yeah, spring, <laughs> spring is definitely coming along. March 21st was just one of those really great days. It was World Poetry Day, Down Syndrome Day, Human Rights Day, and International Day for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination Day. Oh, wow. <sighs> so that was that was a huge package on the on the twenty first. That's pretty busy. Yeah, and, quite and, the day. <laughs> yeah, and um, March twenty first in nineteen twenty five was the day the Butler Act prohibited the teaching of human evolution in Tennessee, and that law remained on the books until, and this always surprises me, and we've said it a number of times, till 1967. Amazing. It, it is. It's amazing. And March 25th was Richard Dawkins' birthday, so... Happy birthday, happy, Doctor. Happy, happy, Is that today? Is today the 25th? It is. Yes, it, happy birthday. We're, we're on time. We're totally to, on time. <laughs> He's totally a listener to the show, too, I'm sure. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyone who's a friend of Richard's, please give him the right. best of wishes and uh, the happiest of birthdays and a great year to come. Yes. From us personally. And hopefully we can convince him to come on the show one day. <laughs> 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 and actually, he will be an imaginal religion this year, which will be in Toronto. 
Yeah. We should have Bill Lichtergood to talk about this one. Well, you know, stranger things have happened. Yes. You never know. We'll just put it out there in the universe and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And that, dear friends, um, brings us to the end of another episode of This Day in History, which, as we all know, is a compilation of what strange, weird, odd, <laughs> and very bizarre things, at least as many as I could find. And this was an abbreviated version. That was version a really abbreviated version. It was very wow. abbreviated. I'm going to have to bring the music down now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nancy. Are we doing a quack watch? Sure, why not? Why not? Let's do a quack watch. Quack watch. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Well, we're, we're, we're doing one. If you've heard the word and seen the word, you're, you may not may not be able to connect one with the other. We're doing chelation therapy. And the reason why is the first time I saw the word chelation, I thought it was chelation until I heard somebody pronounce it. And thank goodness I heard somebody before I said it. But the reason is that chelation is spelled C-H-E-L-A-T-I-O-N. So the C-H is very seldom. Can you think of any words that are that have a C-H that are pronounced K? with a K? No. Yeah, we usually, you know, it's oh, we do a church and a... You know, Kirk? chip. Yeah, but we don't we don't generally do that. But the term chelation therapy uh, is from the Greek, and the chel or kel, um, and I don't know whether it, it originally was a key was was a K pronunciation or not. But it refers to claw like, and mm. the the reason um, it's used for chelation therapy is because uh, the substance that is used, which I'll explain in a minute actually claws or binds to um, particular metal subjects and moves them on through the system. So it's because it grabs on to heavy metals that the, the word was, was used. It was coined in the, in the early 1930s. Chelation therapy actually, for, for the reason that it started, is perfectly scientifically and medically sound. It was introduced to be able to remove the body of heavy metals. And there are times that people do have um, a, a, a high accumulation of iron in their system, and so that needs to be removed. And so the chelation, what the chelation therapy does um, in its proper form is that a substance uh, that I'm going to abbreviate is EDTA because the words that form EDTA could wrap around all of us 17 <laughs> times. So it's EDTA and it's a um, it's a chemical um, that, that's composed of several things. And sometimes it's swallowed uh, in pill form, but sometimes um, it's in it's um, um, injected uh, like an like an IV. So it, while initially the chelation therapy was to remove heavy metals, con artists and scientific, especially con art, uh, scientific con artists, can often find other uses for something that's already been accepted, and that's what happened is that chelation therapists began to sell this 
uh, procedure as a way to rid the body of heavy metals and other toxins mm. so that your blood now is in a purer form. And if you have osteoarthritis or if you have, so it started out with osteoarthritis, that and some other things that now you will be able to function because your blood will have been cleansed of all of the, the toxic substances. The first time I ran across chelation therapy was in the 80s in a chiropractic office. And I read the brochures and it seemed, oh, this seems pretty good, you know, that there is actually a substance and it's in a, a chiropractic office, which is a little chancy with, with some, but when she I, says yeah, and, and so I, I, part of me thought, well, this is interesting, and the other part thought it's in a chiropractic office, and this particular chiropractor was the kind of guy that, that looked for things that would make him money, not necessarily mm -hmm. help his patients, so I became very skeptical about it, but didn't hear of it until years later in Mexico, where um, my husband and I went into a little corner clinic to just ask for some information and noticed that there were rows of people in this clinic sitting in very comfortable, we used to call them barca loungers, the lounge chairs, and they were hooked up to IVs, and they were older people, and here they all were sitting there looking perfectly com uh, um, uh, happy with the IVs, and I said, what is this? And I was told by the doctors who were there, that's chelation therapy. So the way it works is that the, the doctors, and there are some MDs that actually you know, do this, and the uh, the technicians hook you up, and you sit there for maybe three hours while this drips through your through your system, and they determine the, the the amount that you want by doing blood tests and hair follicle tests and and so forth, or whether or not you actually you know uh, have heavy metal in your in your system. Yeah. So 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 this drip is supposed to dissolve the heavy metals. It moves it through. It it binds to the heavy metal metals it, supposedly you have heavy metals but yeah. you don't always have them it's just something that they've told you you have and once those toxins are removed you'll be so so once it, once this product binds to the heavy metals in you supposed heavy metals in your blood and all that then what how does it it it, it, it filters down through the your your kidneys and you pee it out oh well, isn't that convenient? Yeah, it does. It, 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 as long as the as long as these most of these metals are water soluble, mm -hmm. and so they can. They, 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 in order to bind, they have to be water soluble. So some of the things that the EDTA will dissolve is mercury, copper, aluminum, nickel, lead, cobalt, zinc, and iron. People um, have gotten in uh, some really bad side effects because zinc is one of those things that shouldn't leave. If you're yeah, exactly. deficient zinc and zinc. iron, you need both, right? You, yeah, you need well, you need iron, but people can have a, too much iron. An, yes. Yeah, an excess, uh, an excess of iron. Women have a hard time having their levels of iron. That happens to a lot of women. So, yeah. when, you're, so when you're doing that, you can't really pick and choose what you're going to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, right? they're so, going to go. So they have to. Yeah. yeah, they have to monitor, and that's one of the things you know that this pseudoscience yeah. about this. It started in uh, around 1960, um, and a, uh, one of the doctors who had studied some patients um, with uh, angina and, and cardiovascular d uh, disease thought 
that this could be used to open up the vascular walls. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it, but no, he didn't do really good studies, but he began to think, oh, yeah, this is going to be good for angina. And so now he accepted patients who um, were having heart trouble. It, it didn't it cause them a lot of harm, but what it did was it brought people into his office that were trying to avoid um, uh, uh, surgery and, and, and uh, artery bypass and thinking, oh, I can go through chelation therapy and therefore not have to go through expensive and perhaps life-threatening uh, surgery. So now that was one of the first um, uh, class of people that were duped into thinking that the chelation therapy was was going to help them See, with something other than metal. That's interesting because I, I would think... Um What's that thing, you know, when you have you have kidney problems and... Um, dialysis. Yes, thank you. If they had some kind of dialysis treatment like that to remove mm-hmm. some of the heavy metals in your blood, mm-hmm. actually to have the blood come out of your body, go through a machine and filter somehow and go back in. Now that I would see, but something just to bind and you it just somehow you're just going to pee it out. I, I don't know. I'm... Suspicious. Let's just say. Yeah, and, and you should be you should be suspicious because there haven't been any really good double blind um, uh, studies to to show that there's um, any real effect to to what's going on. And the the organization that promoted chelation therapy is one that sounds very scientific. It's called the American College for Advancement in Medicine. Mm, that's yeah, a good does, sound. Yeah. That's a good sounding name. It would work because you know we had a, just a single blind guy here called Tyler, and you know he would say, "Oh, that's bullshit." <laughs> So, the double bond would make a difference, I think. <laughs> yeah, so that was the group. I mean, it sounds very scientific. So that was the group that really um, started to promote it. And interestingly enough, last week when we talked about the, um, uh, the, the orthomolecular mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the guy who promoted orthomolecular because he was getting into his nutty phase was Linus Pauling. Yes. Guess who has a hand in promoting chelation? Wow. <laughs> Interesting. I, I didn't think he, you know, at the, that stage of his life got into as many things, but he did. So the chelation therapy is very, um, uh, it brings in a lot of cash because the doctors that do it say that you need at least 20 to 30 treatments in mm-hmm. order to feel, and then you have maintenance after that. Each treatment runs... It, and there are there are places in Canada that you can get it to, and it runs from seventy five to one hundred and fifty dollars a treatment, uh, just just depending. So you you're really invested, you know, in that treatment. You can't do one or two because the doctors will say no, no, that's not enough because these metals will um, begin to build up. So people who had arteriosclerosis and heart disease, and then they began to get into autism, and that autism might be caused by the presence of heavy metal. And so you find people with autistic children also thinking, well, maybe the chelation therapy might might help. And that that's when it really gets to the point where uh, it's dangerous you know, uh, for them to keep going. But they have learned how to sidestep being shut down. And one of the um, um, advertisements uh, promoting chelation therapy, I'll read it just a little bit. It says, if you are a loved one 
have had, excuse me, or are contemplating bypass surgery, suffer from chest pain, arthritic, poor circulation, diabetes, or possible, possible effects of premature aging, we may be able to help premature aging premature aging yeah but those are people you know that that still want their glory days to be you know when they were 16 17 and don't want to get to the old age of 40 it's not like oh i'm i'm not one year older this year i'm two years older because i'm premature aging yeah well they they, they see that one teeny little wrinkle in the corner of their eye you know from laughing too hard and they think ah that's it i'm down i also wish i had one of those answers saying you or your loved ones should be you or your hated ones you (laughs) People are really bothering you. Yeah. Take them to chelation therapy. Yeah, but when, when, exactly. So when they they do the ads, it's, you know, um, and possibly avoid surgery. Um, The free treatment program has been in use since the 1950s and, um, you know, it's recognized as a leader in the field and they've done so many treatments and come learn about the, the health benefits, but they can't. They can't really, like orthomolecular, they can't say this cures what ails you, so don't go to the doctor and and Mm -hmm. do this. So it has been going on, you know, for quite a while. Anybody who wants to learn more about this pseudoscience called chelation or pseudoscience therapy, um, you can go to Quackwatch, you can Google it. Um, The uh, end result is, I've got to... Take, take me a second here, that the medical um, community, um, in, in summary and in their conclusion, says that notwithstanding claims to the contrary, the chelation establishment is not being victimized by um, by prejudiced and arrogant medical orthodoxy because they always claim that it's the doctors you know that are against them and anything that the doctors say it's because they're jealous but um, they are, are eventually going to um, uh, do themselves in by their own unwillingness to mount a rigorous placebo-controlled double-bind clinical trial and stand by the results because they, they've never been able never been able to do that. Um, so the uh, 2013, the Oregon Medical Board issued a statement of philosophy which concluded that there is no scientific evidence that chelation therapy is effective for any medical condition other than heavy metal toxicity. So if you go to a seminar... If you think that this is something to help prevent aging, to um, save you from um, a medical procedures, surgical procedures, please do not get involved with um, chelation therapy, thinking that it is going to be the way to to stop aging or or cure your your, your medical problems that that should should be done by a, a competent. Uh, physician medical clinic. Thank you so much for that report, Nancy. Appreciate that. Um, another little thing, uh, just before we go to commercial, then we'll be right back after that with Jim Newman of the Life, the Universe, and Everything Else podcast out of Winnipeg. Apparently, this month is also a what they call a try podcasting month. Ooh, what's apparently, that? Apparently, if you go on Twitter and you go to use the hashtag tripod. And uh, apparently you're trying to encourage people that don't listen to podcasts to start listening to podcasts. And, you know, apparently it's, it's a thing going on. It's a thing that's trending right now. Oh, you're talking about TRY. 
Yes. I thought what you were saying was TRI. No, no. Try podcast. And I'm going, what's a tri tri I'm thinking a tripod like you know, you put like a stand that you put a camera on. Try podcast. So my mind was my mind was space I'm still spacey from talking about other stuff. Yeah. Non podcast listeners to listen to some podcasts. It must have been that last chelation therapy session that I went through. <laughs> All right, so let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with Jim Newman of the life, universe, and everything else. Stay with us. If your skepticism is socially conscious and doesn't take itself too seriously, you might like life, the universe, and everything else. People like Ray Comfort are fond of saying, What use is half a wing, right? Have you ever seen a fucking penguin? <laughs> Life, the universe, and everything else. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere else. I don't know, Zoom? Is that still a thing? What is secular humanism? Critical thinking. Knowledge is freedom. Freedom from ignorance and its offspring, fear. The BC Humanist Association has been active in the Vancouver area for over 25 years. We offer a friendly and welcoming place to make new friends, as well as free educational lectures. We invite you to join us any Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Oak Ridge Senior Center. Please visit our website for more details at bchumanist.ca. Do you know where Saskatchewan is? Probably not. It's in Canada. If you do, you might know a city named Regina. In Regina, there's a studio. And in that studio, there are, at least once a month, a bunch of skeptical atheist geeks and goofballs who get together to do a podcast. We are the Brainstorm Crew, and we're trying to help spread a bit of reason and critical thinking while still having fun. Never taking things too seriously, but still not accepting everything we're told, we go through different topics, exploring them in depth, and often disagreeing. We try to stick to provable facts, and we never trust a myth. That's why we say we're woo-free since 2013. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spreaker under Brainstorm. Or check out our website, brainstormblog.net. I can't promise you'll always agree with us, but I can promise you'll have fun listening to us. It's also taught us, it just in my lifetime, an enormous amount more about how little we know. Because we have a, now an increasingly large idea of the fantastic expanse of the, un, the unknown. That's precisely the moment at which to say that skepticism is what's necessary. Inquiry, debate, doubt. Where's faith in this? Where's the usefulness of faith there? There's no use to it at all. All right, and we're back. And joining us for the very first time out of Winnipeg, we have our friend Jem Newman out of Life, the Universe, and everything else. Hey, Jem, how you doing, buddy? Hi, folks. I'm, I'm doing pretty well. All right. We have a live audience that's just loving you right away. I know. They, they <laughs> leapt to their feet immediately upon hearing your name. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. No, that is, that's great. But, you know... A lot of uh, our listeners, we have some listeners in the States, and we also have some listeners all over the world. We have some listeners in Russia, I found out. Wow. Yeah. So they friends, might not... friends of Trump's? 
<laughs> maybe, maybe. It could be Trump himself. <laughs> they might not know L-U-E-E. Would you be so kind to give us the Reader's Digest description of what you guys are doing and what you guys are? Sure. Uh, Life, the Universe, and Everything Else is produced out of Winnipeg. That's a province in Manitoba. Uh, <laughs> which is, sorry, that's a city in uh, Manitoba, which is, of course, a province in Canada. Um, and uh, we're produced by the Winnipeg Skeptics, which is a community group out here in Winnipeg. Uh, and the, the goal of the show is to promote uh, critical thinking and secular humanism and to kind of... Uh, just explore ideas uh, that are either related directly to science and critical thinking or are uh, maybe affected by science and critical thinking uh, issues of society. So, for example, on a recent show, uh, we talked about Donald Trump. (laughs) There's a lot to be uh, uh, skeptical about there, but we also don't shy away from politics. Mm -hmm. So you guys are more of a skeptic-oriented show. We are, yeah. Uh, we talk about religion as well. Uh, we were originally, when the show started, uh, which was, uh, oh boy, probably 2010, I think, uh, it was produced in concert with the Humanist Association of Manitoba. Uh, it's just been a core group of uh, four to six of us for the last few years now with the Winnipeg Skeptics that have been producing it, but we've we've kept that kind of uh, humanistic uh, bent to it. So we, we talk about religion, uh, we talk about uh, humanism, we talk about philosophy, we talk about science quite a lot, and uh, we, you know, we, we talk about politics too when it, when it intersects with critical thinking uh, or if it intersects with, uh, with science. So we've, we've talked about some of the uh, dubious um, uh, scientific justifications that have been used for racism. Um, we have uh, we just recently finished an episode all about the sensory system, and we did some live experiments yes, uh, with sensory interference. Yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a very good show. No, it, it's I think they're almost like a Canadian version of uh, the Skeptics Guide to Universe in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really like their show. It's a good show. I highly recommend it. What we try to do is we we will pick uh, one overarching topic for the month. It's a monthly show, and it's usually about an hour and a half. And we have a we have a panel discussion about it. So different people will talk about a different aspect of the show, a uh, different aspect of the uh, the topic, and we'll have a discussion surrounding that. Uh, so we try to do a deep dive every month. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, you give yourself quite a bit of time to do the research and have it all yeah, yeah, come together, which is which is great. Yeah, that's one of the reasons that we can only do it once a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty, it's a lot of research. It is. A yeah, lot. it, it is. Actually, there's a lot of great information in your show, and you're almost as serious as we are, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I tried to add more Star Trek sound effects lately to keep up with you guys. So. <laughs> right on. Appreciate that. <laughs> well, Jim is going to stick with us for the rest of the show, but for right now, we're going to go into a segment that everybody loves called Another Brilliant Moment, brought to you by religion. I got a couple of stories, and Jim, I want your opinion in there as well. Sure. Now, it was weird enough, remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about NBA star Kyrie Irving? They said on the podcast that it's not even, even a conspiracy theory, the earth is flat. Uh-huh. Now, it got weirder when his, when his friend Wilson Chandler and Draymond Green appeared to agree with him. But now, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, has done the same thing. He made his comments on the big podcast with Shaq. Quote, It's true, the earth is flat. The earth is flat. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Listen, there's ways to manipulate the mind. What you read, what you see, what you hear in school, first thing they teach us. Old Columbus discovered America. But when he got here, 
there were some fair-skinned people with long hair smoking the peace pipe. So what does that tell you? Columbus didn't discover America. So listen, this is Shaq's wisdom. Uh-huh. Right? I drive from coast to coast, and this shit is flat to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I drive from Florida to California all the time, and that's obviously the hey, that's the entire world, the Americans, <laughs> and uh, all the time, and it's flat to me. I don't, I don't go up and down at a 360 degree angle. All the stuff about gravity, you have looked outside Atlanta lately, seen all these buildings. You mean to tell me that China is under us? China is under us? It's not. The world is flat. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> What's going on in the NBA? So a question that I have for flat earthers is, like, where's the edge? Like, what happens at the edge? Does the water just flow right over, like, Discworld? Or uh, <laughs> or is it no, some people, sort of uh, high-level mathematics where you where you have an infinite plane where you where you will arrive back at your origin point if you just walk long enough, but, uh, but it's still flat anyway? No, I think you just fall off the edge. There's no death. You just flow, you know, that's it. You're, you're off the edge. The thing about Shaq is that I was reading something that questioned whether or not those guys are really trying to put everybody on because Shaq, I realize that a college education doesn't always go along with people having smarts, but he's got a college education. He also has an education degree. That's right. Not an honorary degree, he actually has a real one. Right. So do you think they're putting us on or do you think that's, you know... I don't know. I don't know. And you know, it's so ironic because the guy's Handling a basketball all the time. You would think you would know what a sphere is. <laughs> you know? He's got a hand big enough he can handle, cover a whole sphere with his hand. Uh, you know, I think that these people also have this uh, theory that if you have a disc, imagine you have a disc and it's floating up in the air. That's probably how the dinosaurs died. They were just sitting on there when the asteroid hit, the disc just flipped and just tossed all the dinosaurs into space, and that's how they died. <laughs> so, yeah. Works for me. Oh, God. So, unfortunately, the NBA apparently is the I think, uh, my prediction is, which means that it's going to be, you know, I'm kind of like Pat Robertson with my predictions, but my prediction is that they're putting us on and it's all going to come out and they're joking. Oh, jeez. I hope you're right. (laughs) Let's go to another story. Now, this one is funny, too. Now, a conservative preacher and a vocal supporter of Donald Trump, of course, Uh shared claims that an anointed cake, an anointed cake... Apparently saved a gay bartender. Say what? Now, <laughs> Lance Wallnow was answering a question via Periscope session from a viewer who wanted to stop her son from being gay. Because he could just stop that, apparently. So, <laughs> according to a video that Red Wing Watch posted online. In response, he shared the story of hookers who got, quote, saved and wanted to help a bar owner who was gay and very adamantly anti-Christian. So they baked him a cake and prayed over it. Uh-huh. It was an anointed cake, Walnow said. The power of God hit him while he was eating the cake. Praise be Betty Crocker. <laughs> <laughs> so Walnow claimed that the bar owner felt the presence of God, and I think that's gluten, while he was eating the cake and underwent some kind of transformation and he was eventually baptized. Quote, the spirit that was working him got broken off, he said. I'm telling you, it's a story. I'm not sure if it's magical cake will save others, he added. But he also didn't mention, the, he didn't mention the flavor of the cake. So uh, the, the question is, was it angel food cake or was it devil food? <laughs> this is how disconnected I am from, from religious thinking. I still... Uh, 
you know, three minutes into your explanation there, I was still trying to figure out what he was saved from. Like, was, was there... <laughs> you, he's supposedly not gay anymore. Is there a wild animal attack? Or <laughs> what? You know, if you do toss your holy cake to an animal, we just might stop and eat the cake instead of pouncing on you. So, praise be Betty Crocker, praise be Jesus, you know. So... <laughs> <laughs> so this would make even more sense instead of crucifying Jesus they just put him in an oven no oh, oh, too early probably yeah. oh, but that, I'm, now you've opened up a whole new profession of cake anointers <laughs> I want to I want to apply for, I want to apply for that job so <laughs> but do you have to make the cake from scratch or can you make it from a mix <laughs> totally you know and you have to ba- baptize the eggs and make sure you have that's right <laughs> Yes, the weird and wacky uh, world of religion. Oh, oh all right, man. guys. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> oh, okay. So let's concentrate on life, the universe, and everything else. So, Jim, you gave us a brief introduction to the show there. Uh, you guys have been doing this for how long now? Uh, I, I think it's it's approaching seven years this year, I think. I think we started seven in years. 2010. Wow. Wow. Um, we, uh, we were originally a weekly show, then we quickly switched to bi-weekly. <laughs> and, uh, it's a lot of work, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is a lot of work. It and uh, since we've been doing this monthly thing with the longer shows, and we, we get together in the same room and, and record instead of doing it over the internet, and we find that the dynamic of the group works a lot better. Yes, I agree. And the show is just kind of, it's kind of shifted uh, formats o- over over the years, but we found something that we're, we're really happy with, and so I think we're going to stick with it for now. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad. So, um, besides being a skeptic and uh, really showing off the, the, the skeptical side of things, is there a, a, a certain goal that you guys are uh, hoping to put out there, hoping to change mentalities, or what is this your, your end goal? What are, you, what are you hoping to accomplish? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think for a lot of people, when they first get involved with skepticism there is a lot of ego in it in it there you know it's uh it's about being right you found this way to be right more often than you're wrong which you know <laughs> it's kind of hard to find in this world sometimes um and you, you get a lot of ego uh involved and you want to you want to tell people how wrong they are all the time and uh over over the the years that i've been involved in the skeptic movement uh i have come to the conclusion that for me anyway it's it, it's more important to be thoughtful and compassionate than it is to be right <laughs> uh, so uh, that's friends. something that I try to uh, to bring to the show uh, I uh, I am wrong all the time <laughs> I have lots of opinions like every other human being out there but I uh, I try not to sweat being wrong about them and uh, we, we try to thoughtfully explore issues and meaningfully engage with ideas that uh that maybe we would have uh, we would have scoffed at ten years ago. Um, I uh, I know for me I try and fail uh, not to be a blowhard <laughs> on the show, uh, which is one of the reasons that I need to make sure somebody other than me is editing at least half the episodes. <laughs> Jim, you know I wouldn't be so hard on yourself. I mean, you you're a, a scientific minded guy <laughs> who lives in a world where sacred case can turn people not gay. I mean, what do you, what do you expect? <laughs> of course you're going to be wrong on some things. Kind of oh, I, I, I'm wrong on lots of things. I mean, I'm a, uh, I, I'm a Marvel Comics fan. I mean, <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, yeah, Marvel DC, over DC, but Vertigo over Marvel. Um, <laughs> I, uh, 
I also have uh, frequent arguments about why I think that the new Lethal Weapon TV series, uh, which is bad, uh, is way better than the uh, original movies. Um, uh, now, I love the Lethal Weapon TV series, uh, but it's bad. <laughs> I like a lot of things that are bad. That's okay. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I I am uh, I am hard on myself uh, and I'm hard on the uh, the people that I work with too, um, but that's uh, in part that's because I actually have obsessive compulsive disorder, which is something I've talked about on the show before, and it makes it really hard for me to let go of things um, and to uh, have a have a good sense of proportion in my response. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent! Do you find that in your neck of the woods in the Winnipeg area there? Uh, shows like yours, they're needed all over the world. Let's let's face it. But are they like sorely needed? Do you feel like the the, the average uh, person in Winnipeg is very anti-science? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think a lot of people are what Stephen Bell would call shruggies. You know, they uh, they think science is just fine, uh, and they. Shruggies, I like that. Sh- shruggies. They shrug, yeah, you know, yeah, they're right. like, oh yeah, science, yeah, of course, science yeah, is fine. Yeah, but, you know, maybe. like something like homeopathy will come up and they'll say, oh yeah, that's, uh, what, natural medicine or whatever? Yeah, I'm sure that's fine. Uh, and they don't they don't think too too much about it either way. Couldn't be bothered. I mean, Couldn't be bothered we, do have, uh, we do have a lot of uh, chiropractors here uh, who are uh, pushing anti-vaccine ideas and saying they can cure your allergies. We have... Uh, or it, we had actually until recently uh, a creation museum. Oh no, no, hold on, hold on. You gotta talk about that. It, yeah, we, we went on a tour of it uh, several years back, uh, several of us with the Winnipeg Skeptics. And Did you make um, a show out of that? Uh, we, we, uh, we did talk about it on the show, yeah. I totally um, have to listen to that now. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a few years back, back in, I think we're on episode, we. We just recorded and released episode 118, and this is episode 50-something, I think, when okay, we, okay. we talked about the Creation Museum. So, um, But uh, the I think their collection, it was in the basement of a church, actually, pretty just a few blocks from my house. Uh, their collection has, I think, been put into storage because that church uh, <laughs> changed hands. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness. But the fellow who runs that church uh, was dogging, dogging me for a, a debate circuit for, for quite a while. He wanted to debate me about, uh, about evolution. So, the, so obviously the museum wasn't popular enough to survive the, uh, the, the church closing. No. Uh, it, uh, well, that's it was, a good sign. It was a couple of rooms, honestly. I think calling it, they called it a museum and discovery center. Uh, I think that was uh, um, a little, blowing their own horn a little bit too hard there. Yeah, well, we, when you have one fossil, it's hard to call it a museum. <laughs> I, I think they're all replicas, to be honest with you. There, there was uh, some pictures and some posters, uh, a bunch of replicas. They, they might have had a couple of a couple of interesting things there. But uh, I, I think we still have some pictures on our website if you search uh, Creation Museum Winnipeg Skeptics. Did you or anybody of your crew ever decide to debate? this fellow? Uh, I, uh, I actually, it's been my policy not to debate science, and I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I think that that is wrong for everybody, mm-hmm. or that uh, nobody should debate these things. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a windsock on that issue. I'm, I'm persuaded in either direction, depending on, uh, on who's talking, but um, for me, I, I think that making it a debate adds undue credibility to the other side. You know, uh, perhaps in the states where 
creationism is more, or maybe even perhaps in Alberta, uh, where creationism is a little bit more mainstream, uh, it might be worthwhile. But I think that, uh, I don't know, uh, you know it's of interest to skeptics, and it might be of interest to creationists, but uh, we... We talked about Ray Comfort's uh, recent uh, documentary on the show a few episodes back, and uh, I think that Ray Comfort really loves atheists because atheists give him legitimacy. You know, they're always talking about how silly he is, but in a in a funny way that 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 uh, makes him notorious. <laughs> and I, I feel like creationists get the same amount of cachet out of these sorts of debates. Yeah, I mean, myself, I've always thought that, you know, it, it would depend on the level, right? I mean, uh, I think I think so, so part of me th- says we should really take the fight to creationists and just, like, slam them down and shut them down. But at the same time, I, I don't think somebody like William Lane Craig should be able to debate Dawkins because they're really not in the same league. And a guy where, like, uh, like William Lane Craig would just use that to enrich his portfolio, in a way, or enrich his, <laughs> his CV, right? Uh, to, to be able to say, hey, I debated Richard Dawkins. I'm 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 that much more credible. But if there was a a, a big scientist that was willing to debate Dawkins on evolution, and he also was a bit of a biologist, uh, then 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 I figure you get a good debate there. But you know, being just a lay person, a lay person of the public, if another lay person wants to debate me, which I'm not a good debater, uh, I would say, sure, let's go ahead and have fun with this. Well, well I, that's an issue too. I mean, debating is its own skill, uh, and uh, it's not a skill that uh, I know that I possess in the requisite quantities. <laughs> uh, I mean, one of the problems with being beholden to the truth uh, is that, uh, and, and being willing to say I don't know or it's complicated, is that it's a lot harder to have a pithy soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, I, you know, in, in terms of being. Being a, a skill, I think the first the first couple of times that you debate a particular thing, it it is you're you're you're, you're trying to um, get your arguments down so that they so your communication skills are are at the, are at, the, at their peak and so forth. But after you do the debate gig. 10, 12, 14, 16 times. It's like a play. Yeah. You know exactly what your lines are. You know what's going to work. The other guy knows his lines. And it's a dance. It's a well-practiced dance. And if you haven't heard it before, it's very educational. But I think um, when you've heard it and heard it and heard it, the debate format, for me at any rate, tends to lose its appeal uh, because I mm-hmm. know exactly what points they're going they're going to cover and I've already heard them 172 yeah, times. Yeah, especially when you're debating creationists. I mean, they, they really yeah. have nothing. All they have at the end of the night, all they have is a gut feeling, you know, and, and, and maybe some nebulous philosophy. That's really all they have on their side. They really don't have anything substantial. Uh, but it's a popularity contest. Yeah, nobody's going to change anybody's minds, you know. And um, well, but anyway, it's an interest. It's for for those that enjoy it. It's like anything else. If you really like it, more power to you. If you don't, sure. you know, read Marvel comic books and enjoy something <laughs> else, right? <laughs> so, so Jim, have you had a lot of pushback uh, for your podcast in your neck of the woods? Uh, not for the science-related content. Uh, not really. 
but we have had some pushback from listeners uh, over our uh, leftist politics. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. So, uh, I mean, that's an ongoing conversation that uh, is happening in the skeptical movement right now. Um, but uh, uh, generally speaking, I don't know if we're popular enough to have a lot of pushback. Oh, don't sell yourself short. You're on this show now. That's about <laughs> to boost your popularity a whole lot now. <laughs> You know, we've had a few articles in the in the paper, and you know, you you get your standard um, uh, comments on those uh, uh, about uh, you know, like uh, Sylvia Brown came to town. Oh and, no! Uh, so we had uh, this before she died, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so oh, years ago. Okay. Oh, um, uh, I don't know. Maybe she's come to town since in the spirit world. Um, none of the other psychics have uh, have claimed to channel her yet, um, but. Uh, yeah, she she came to town, and there was some coverage in the local newspaper, and so you know some people got uh, got in a in a twist about that. Um, but generally speaking, uh, barring the occasional incursion of uh, creationists or geocentrists onto the Winnipeg Skeptics uh, uh, blog in the comments, um, yeah, usually the response is pretty positive. I, I must admit, uh, you uh, with that. Uh... Now I'm curious about that Sylvia Brown uh, comment. Uh, you you totally need to have James Randi come on your show and talk to him <laughs> about Sylvia Brown. I had the immense pleasure of interviewing James Randi, and he calls her the Talons because she had those really long fingernails and she has that raspy voice. And <laughs> I'm sure you would have a blast just talking to to you about uh, the Talons, Sylvia Brown. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I spoke to Randy uh, just just personally when I went down to the amazing meeting uh, several years ago, and he's oh. uh, he's he's quite the quite the character. He is quite the man. He's quite the man. I mean, one of the highlights of all my interviewings uh, that I've done was was him for sure. Um, now we we see here on the West Coast, uh, we're seeing. Um, it's my opinion, anyway. It's only worth that much. It seems to me that we're getting a lot of. Um, Speaking of creationism and weird things coming south of the border and seeping across the border into Canada, are you seeing this same kind of effect in uh, Winnipeg? You know, I, I'm not sure. Um, since the Creation Museum closed down, you know, that's kind of a win, and I haven't seen it pop up anywhere else. But uh, you know, it hasn't really been on my radar. I, I think that the the alternative medicine is uh, more. I think uh, of a pressing issue now. I'm also involved with um, Bad Science Watch, which is a Canadian uh, nonprofit that uh, uh, advocates for better science-based policy uh, in government. And so, one of the one of the focuses that we have. So, one of the things that I, uh, in particular, am more attuned to is the alternative medicine angle. So, it's something that we talk about on the show a lot. And actually, I think our next show is going to be on chiropractic. Uh, but uh, in terms of creationism, I don't know. Winnipeg is fairly uh, fairly science-minded, I think. There isn't a lot of pushback against good science that, uh, that I see in Winnipeg outside of the, the fuzzy, you know, natural medicine, uh, nutritionist sort of thing. Um, although once you get out of the city, I mean, Manitoba really only has the one major city center and then it's uh, it's rural um mm -hmm. you know and that's where you get uh maybe that's where you might run into some issues with that i guess yeah we just started a segment on our show that's a quack watch with alternative medicine and we covered mm -hmm. orthomolecular um, therapy and chelation 
therapy. Are those on your radar too? Uh, Orphil molecular therapy is a techno battle that I haven't previously encountered. (laughs) (laughs) There's plenty of that kind of stuff out there. (laughs) Chelation therapy is certainly an interesting one because it has its uh, its roots in a science-based therapy to uh, deal with heavy metal toxicity. But its use in alternative medicine is incredibly troubling because it is so dangerous. Um, Mm. One of the one of the issues that you have when you're trying to sell somebody on uh, science-based medicine is that you have uh, you have side effects to a lot of treatments. Every mm-hmm. you know, every treatment more or less will have a side effect, uh, and then you have all of these uh, alternative medicines like homeopathy that claim to have no side effects, which is uh, of course a, a side effect itself of the fact that they have no effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, with chelation, it's it, it startled me how popular it seems to be getting because it, the side effects are so dangerous. They are. You know, maybe maybe it's just the name chelation. It's like jingling the keys in front of you, distract you with the chelation. <laughs> well, people get people get desperate depending on what their issues and their health problems are, and they're willing to take the risk and the next step, and they don't delve too deeply into the real science and the, the fact that these charlatans take advantage of um, people who are in that desperate state makes it even worse. How, uh, Jim, tell me how how is the uh, how is the mood around uh, Manitoba uh, when it comes to um, anti-Islamic uh, feelings? Like like we just had, we were talking earlier in the show about the, the the attack in London, and you know it's obviously a big thing in the states right now. How do the yeah. average Manitoban, I guess, feels about the whole Islamic thing? Oh boy, uh, you probably don't want to get uh, my opinion on the man on the street. Uh, uh, temperature feel for Islam. Um, I mean, certainly in Eastern Canada, like in, or I, maybe you'd call it Central Canada, in, in Quebec and Ontario, it's, it feels like a bigger issue. But uh, the only person that I know uh, personally in Winnipeg who has uh, a major problem with Islam. Uh, is somebody who is a uh, an immigrant from Iran. So his feelings are, I think, understandable, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. having lived under that particular regime. Yeah, his, his opinion certainly weighs more in the balance, too. But, uh, you know, when you're talking about uh, Islam as it's generally practiced in, in Manitoba and throughout Canada, you know, like, I'm much more worried about uh, a Muslim being a, a victim of a terror attack yes. like we saw yes. in Quebec yes. recently than I am about them being a perpetrator. And I think that that's the sentiment that is shared, uh, generally speaking, in Winnipeg. But uh, again, I'm, uh, I'm loath to to uh, speak uh, as uh, a representative of Manitoba because you're, you're talking to somebody who sits in his basement recording podcasts and reading comic books. <laughs> Isn't that what all, all sounds, Manitobans do? That sounds perfectly normal to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. The comments of Jim Newman are exactly representative of all the province of Manitoba. <laughs> <laughs> he speaks for the province. <laughs> well, so, so what's, in, what's in store for uh, life, the universe, and everything else, Jim? What do you guys go... Uh, what are you guys up to in the near future? Well, uh, I think our next show is going to be about chiropractic. Mm-hmm. Uh, my co-host, Ashlyn, who's the organizer of the Winnipeg Skeptics, um, she uh, she took over when I stepped down uh, when I had uh, my first kid. 
she is going to be hosting our next show uh, about chiropractic, and she went to a free seminar uh, hosted by a chiropractor where uh, he told them uh, how he could cure <laughs> what ails them uh, over a uh, complimentary roast beef dinner, I think. <laughs> so, so she's going to report back. That sounds like it's going to be fascinating. And I'll talk a little bit about D.D. Palmer and the history of chiropractic and how the pseudoscience is kind of baked in from the, from the get-go. I, you know, in, uh, in Britain and in uh, North America, chiropractic... A lot of people see it as just, you know, you're getting some physical therapy, you're realigning something. Yeah. A lot of people aren't aware of subluxation theory or, or how, it, uh, how that really works and the, the lack of scientific basis for it. So that'll be an interesting show. I also want to do a uh, listener request show uh, coming up where we tackle some topics that maybe we've touched on briefly in the past but have got wrong or our listeners think we've got wrong. We had one... Uh, listener who wrote into us re- recently that was uh, absolutely appalled that we had implied the wage gap between men and women is a real thing. <laughs> so, uh, I've got, uh, boy, I've got reams of research that I've got to somehow massage into a segment on on that topic. And uh, we've had a lot of people request that we watch various uh, Christmas, uh, various Christian Christmas movies. Oh, you um, so we'll probably save that for our holiday show. But we try to get at least one or two movie reviews uh, done a year. Um, you know, we should do that too. We should totally do a movie review one of these days. Yeah, you know, it's fun. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun, especially uh, you know, there's, it requires some prep if you want to insert your uh, your 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 drops of. Uh, whoever you're uh, Ray Comfort or whatever making yeah. his banana argument but uh, it's, it's always a good time yes awesome well thank you so much Jem for your time you've been generous with your time and we certainly appreciate that but here's you know I want to give you the mic uh, be shameless go ahead plug yourself my friend go ahead sure so uh, if you are interested in listening to Life the Universe and everything else we are on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play you can find us at lueepodcast.com you can uh, you know uh, subscribe to the show you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook um, you can also uh, take a look at the Winnipeg Skeptics website and if you're in the Winnipeg area maybe you know come hang out with us we have regular events you can go to winnipegskeptics.com slash events and check them out Fantastic. Now, one more thing before I let you go. Can I get you to say, Hi, I'm Jim Newman of the Life, Universe, and Everything Else, and I took a left at the valley. I'm Jim Newman of the Life, Universe, and Everything Else podcast, and I took a left at the valley. And that was Jim Newman of Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. He's a lot of fun. He is. And you know what? He's he's totally that researching kind of guy, right? I love that. I love that. These yeah. guys a lot of research into their and a lot of information into their shows yeah they oh. have to to you know to, for once it's at what 90 90 minutes once a month yeah and so, so that's jam-packed yeah. with a lot of different uh, uh, different points of view i was listening to the latest episode and they were t- they were doing some taste tests with pepsi mm-hmm. and crystal pepsi and and, uh, and seven of it all that it was fascinating stuff you know they were and they were all only talk about the senses and you know there's there's inf- there's plenty of information in there, and they don't talk like a bunch of talking heads, mm-hmm. you know. So they're, they're they're relatable at the same time. So I totally highly recommend 
the show for anybody who wants to watch. Oh, it. they're going on their. Are they going in their eighth year, and this is their seventh, or are yeah, they in no, their seventh? We, they're they're in their seventh year. I guess, we got some I catching up to do, don't we? Yeah, I mean, we're only on our third year. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not the new kids on the block. We're sort of like the middle aged kids on the block. <laughs> middle aged kids on the block. <laughs> middle age, I like that. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and thank you for being with us, ladies. Um, Coming up, let's see, what do we have, what do we have going on here? Uh, you know what? By popular demand, mm-hmm. next week, and this is not an April Fool's joke, because we're actually going to do it on the second, our girlfriend, David Fitzgerald, will be back with us oh, to talk wow. about his new book. So that should be fun. David has the distinction of being the most downloaded show we ever had when we did the show special on St. Paul. So that should be fun. It should be. David's one of those guests that you just ask your initial question, you sit back, and he's so entertaining and so intelligent that you just want him to take over and say thanks a lot, you know, for being here. On the, on the 8th, we'll be revisiting Dying with Dignity. And I still got to talk to Sue about that. That's we right. we got to make sure we get it booked in. Uh, on the 15th, just for Easter, we'll have our Easter debate. Our friend Tyler is going to be debating our friend Chris Christensen about the resurrection of Jeebus. And around the 22nd, we should be playing that interview with Cara Santa Maria that we just did yesterday, actually. Sounds so great. We got that in the bag, and we'll, get, we'll have some more stuff coming up. You can follow us on leftcutvalley.com. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, at LETV Podcast. You can send us an email, leftcutvalley at outlook.com. You can send your complaints to Nancy at leftcutvalley.com. <laughs> I know. I love all those complaints. They make the nicest fire when you put them all together. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm not afraid of you. Send your complaints and answer. I, I got no problem. You don't like me? Screw you. Tell That's me my right. We Tell got answer. toasted marshmallows ready <laughs> for all those complaints. Bring them on. <laughs> you can find us on, on iTunes, Blog Talks, uh, Spreaker, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, uh, YouTube. Oh, we're all over the place. Some of these places, like Walkout, for example, if you actually uh, subscribe to them, they will actually send you an email when the show is about to air, telling you that we're about to air. So. Yeah, I get all. I get all the emails. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Excellent. Anything else you guys need to say before we go? No, just it, we've got terrific shows coming up, and I'm looking forward to next week yes. like crazy. As you yeah. Thank you so much for being with us. Until next time. Something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist. Now let me take a second. Don't mean to sound so hateful, but I swear to God, pun intended, I find it disgraceful. The thousands of children are raped by priests, and since they're holy men of God, they get away scot free. To keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business He loves money too much We know that they love the kids But how the fuck can we protect them While they planning to molest them We teaching them to respect them Respect them Fuck that The system is broke down Working backwards And the only action or tactic I plan to practice now Is to attack them The parties of God's hands Are bloodstained Millions of murders by believers And they're all in God's name and let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God, pun intended, I find it disgraceful That many atheists are told to be quiet You're not alone, speak your mind, time to
to let it be known I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer An infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith And unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed I'm an atheist Atheist, atheist I'm an atheist Atheist, atheist I'm an atheist